Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. Today's message was recorded live at the 2019 Paramount Harvesters Conference in Carson, California. This year's theme was Bridge. Pastor Omar's heart for this year's conference was centered around bridging the divide between generations, that the message of Jesus would be passed on from one generation to the next. We hope you enjoy this message. God is so good. Now, that was a pretty good uh, intro, and and what I mean by that is not by Pastor Omar. I'm saying a a good reception and welcome, but before you're seated, I know you're already, some of you are seated already, but can we give Jesus the great praise that he alone deserves? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just think we might be able to do a little bit better than that. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We honor the Lord tonight. I have a request. Can whoever's doing the sound give me just a little bit more in the monitors? That would be, you can sit down now. Yeah. (laughs) You're in F sharp. Can you go to G now? That might be a little too low. Yes. Hallelujah. Well, this is part of my prayer. Take the stage, Lord, and have your way. I'm just a vessel and nothing more. And when you're done, please take all the glory. Satisfied just to see you glorified. I'm satisfied just to see you glorified. Thank you, Lord. I pray that tonight you would move with might and with power. Lord, I pray that your word would be clear to us, that your voice would be made known to us in a powerful way. I thank you, Lord, that what you've given will challenge us and provoke us and change us. And so, Father, I ask for the grace to declare your word. And as always, I vow to give you glory, and I pray that the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. I know, I know it might be a little bit better for the lighting, but I can only see half of the first row. Is it possible to turn on just a little bit of lights there? I want to see you. You're all such wonderful people. I want to see you. Is that okay? If it's not okay, just let me know. Somebody tell me, no, you're about to mess up our video. (laughs) But if it's okay, it would help me out. It would help me out to see all your wonderful faces. Thank you. I can see a little bit better now. Yeah. Um, I just want to give honor to Pastor Omar uh, for this great work uh, that he has established and all the churches that have come out of it. If you love your pastor and honor him, can we put our hands together one more time for him and his wonderful wife? Yes. So many others. 
felt like I gained an extended family. I follow several of you on Instagram and stuff like that and love seeing all the updates of what the Lord is doing. Uh, also, uh, I would be remiss if I, if I, I know I have uh, time. Uh, they gave me extra time, which is awesome. Um, but I would be remiss if I did not uh, acknowledge one of my closest friends in the world, David Diga Hernandez. Yeah. I love him so much. He's such a such a great friend to me, and I'm I'm grateful. I love you and your wife Jessica, and uh, and now your baby, and so we are excited. Um, also, uh, you guys have been uh, very blessed because one of God's best, who also happens to be my best friend, Pastor Caleb Grant, has been with you. If I ever question how much God loves me, all I have to do is look at the best friend he gave me. He loves me a lot. And so, uh, yes, we love each other. And so it's a lot of bromance going on, all that stuff. But we both have amazing wives. Uh, and his amazing wife is here as well. And so I want to shout her out too. Yes, Celeste is amazing. And uh, I thought you would be streaming, but you're not streaming, but they said they're going to do a playback. So for the playback, when my wife gets to see it, my wife, Lette, she's amazing because we have five children. And uh, yes, we are very blessed. And uh, because of her and, and all that she does, it allows me to travel the nations of the earth. And so I'm so grateful for her. Are you ready for the word? Yeah. Um, I know that a couple of years ago, the Lord uh, really met us in a significant way, and, and I felt like, okay, you know, this would be really awesome to have an encounter kind of word, but actually what the Lord has given me uh, is provocation. Um, it is to provoke us tonight uh, to, a, a, to a new place and a new place of understanding, and I, I recognize that some of what I say may be heavy uh, tonight, uh, but, but, the, but the point is that it would provoke us in the realm of the Spirit. Uh, it will challenge us uh, in our mind. It will challenge us in our spirit and bring us uh, to a new place. And so we're believing God for that. So I want to start with two scriptures and then we'll we'll come back to this uh, in just a moment. I want us to look at, at one particular scripture and I did not give them scriptures ahead of time. So if they're not going as fast with me, it's, it's my fault, not theirs. All right. Second Corinthians chapter six, verse one, second Corinthians chapter six, verse one. Um, I know what your theme is. I'm about to turn it upside down just a little bit. All right, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm obeying what the Lord has put in my heart uh, to do. And so um, tonight will be uh, provocation. Tomorrow will be practical. But tonight is going to be provoking. All right, so we'll, we'll start with this. Second uh, Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1. I'm reading this particular version out of the New Living Translation. It reads this way. As God's partners, we beg you not to accept this marvelous gift of God's kindness and then ignore it. That's all I'm going to read verse 1 of this because I want to focus on the first three words of that particular passage which is as God's partner. Somebody say that with me. Say okay now say it like you actually mean it this time. Say it one more time. 
That's going to be a key phrase for us in just a moment. Uh, we're, going to, we're going to read one more scripture. This one is very familiar uh, to, to most every believer. Uh, it's Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 10. I'm reading this out of the New King James translation. I won't be switching back and forth all night long, so don't be worried. Uh, those of you who are working the screens back there. Um, most of us know uh, these two verses very well. Jesus is speaking here, and he says this. In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Everybody know that, right? Can I read it one more time? In this manner, therefore pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven heaven. All right, now, now the reason why I read you these two passages of scripture is because I, I want uh, to open up our understanding for some things because um, you have a wonderful, amazing theme uh, which actually is speaking uh, of generational connection, generational baton passing, and, and this is uh, a phenomenal thing because nothing can happen in the earth except the baton be passed to sons. Now, now, when we, when I, I just want to make it very clear that when I say sons, I'm also talking about daughters. All right. So this is this is important because because a lot of times we, we get um, a little hung up on this kind of stuff. But but if, if, if men can be the bride of Christ, you can also be sons. All right. <laughs> just just thought I would. <laughs> and all the males are like, okay, okay. <laughs> But this is the reason why I, I felt strongly to, to actually take the word. I know what the theme means. I understand generationally what it means. I understand the implication of what it means because we cannot drop the baton. God God uh, intends on moving generationally. So we, I understand that. So when I say I'm about to flip it, it's not because I didn't understand it. Uh, you can't flip something you didn't understand. The, the, the reason why I'm saying that I'm about to flip it is because I want us to talk about the ultimate bridge. I want, us, I want us to talk about the ultimate bridge because you and I are, are being uh, tasked by God to pull some realities into the realm of the scene. Okay, uh-oh. All right, so you'll join me in a second because I think, I think, I don't want them to fall asleep right here. Uh, uh, <laughs> how, many, how many people in this room are hungry for God? Yeah. Like, 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 like really, really hungry for God. All right, that's good. Who's the hungriest person in the room? It's usually the, the one that keeps going when everybody stops. The hungriest, the hungriest person in them. The, the, the reason why, why I'm asking this is because um, um, there, there are things that God is doing in the earth right now that he's demonstrating for the hungry, for those who are after him, who are after his presence, who, who don't just want him but know that they need him. He's, he's beginning to do some things in the earth uh, that really become a challenge or, or even counter church culture. Notice I didn't just say counter culture, but 
I said counter church culture because right now we are prophetically in a system change. That, that's, that's where we are in the realm of the spirit. And, and for, for many people, and I know that everyone in here is not a pastor, but, but many pastors are having to wrestle with what do we do with what is now popular versus what we sense in our spirit. Because there, there are a number of things that we're beginning to sense in the realm of the spirit. That we're beginning to sense that are shifting. And so what happens is we begin to hear about certain things. And some of us say, we want that. While others say, I'm, I, I want it, but I'm not willing to do whatever it takes to get it. And so what happens is you have a, a number of people who, who can sense this shift. And, and they say they want a move of God. But can I make an announcement to you? This is one of those ouch moments. Are you ready? Um, see, since I came two years ago, and now you've had my best friend last year, and this year, I kind of feel like family. Okay. <laughs> Listen carefully. You ready? That which you are willing to live without, you will never possess. What you are willing to live without, you will never possess. In other words, if you hear about God doing something somewhere and that doesn't provoke you to cry out, it's, you're not going to possess it. Can, can I talk to this side? Because the other side... If you see God doing something somewhere and it doesn't cause you or provoke you to cry out for it, I can pretty much tell you, you won't possess it. That which you are willing to live without, you will not possess. Remember, we are talking about the ultimate bridge because there are some things that the Spirit of God is doing in this season where he's literally testing this generation to see what it is that they want. Uh, one of the things that I call the hunger test. The hunger test is actually when God shows up in a moment or in a service or in a gathering or a cluster of services and then we say this is amazing, this is revival, this is an outpouring, and then it seems like it's about to stop and we go back to normal, that's the hunger test. Let, 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 me, let, me, let me show you because in Luke chapter 24, the Bible gives, uh, 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 gives us an illustration. It's not just an illustration. It happened, but it's an illustration for us in this generation. Jesus is walking along the road with two disciples, the Emmaus Road. And they are walking and they are sad because they had, obviously he had been crucified. And then they heard that he was resurrected, but they hadn't seen him yet. And so here they are walking and, and he's looking like, why are you this way? And of course, you know this story. Uh, I know your Bible readers lots of pastors in here. They say, you must not have heard what happened in Jerusalem these past few days. You must be the only one. And of course, he rebukes him for their non-belief, but then he begins to walk through the scriptures. Can you imagine what it was like for Jesus for seven miles to be walking, preaching about himself? Yeah. Woo! What an amazing message that must have been. We know how amazing it was because while he was talking, their hearts were burning. And, and when they get to their destination, this is what the Bible says. It says that Jesus acted as if he was going to keep going, which lets us know that he never wanted to. What he was doing was he wanted to see was there someone who would want him to stay. I 
would surmise or, or, or suggest to you that had they not said a word, he would have kept going. But the Bible says that they begged him to stay. And so he did. And as a result, when he came into the house, then he revealed himself because when he broke the bread, he, their eyes were open and then they knew who he was and he left. Can I say to you that one of the things that God is doing in our generation is he's testing our hunger. He's, he's actually coming to places to see, do you want me or do you want to go back to normal? And so this is what happens when he begins to do certain things in the earth. This is one of the things that God is doing. He, he's, he's testing our hunger. There are some other things that God is doing in the earth. And, and I, don't, I don't want to spend uh, all of my time in this. But, but one of the things that God is doing is he's transitioning seasons and, and, and systems. I, what I mean is, is systems. Uh, when God begins to transition a system, it is because, and I don't have enough time to go into this, but I'm just going to say it anyway. Because our God is unchanging, that means that his heart for the earth and for his people remains the same. So when we begin to sense something in a particular time or in a particular season, what we call holy frustration... Which is when, when there's something on the inside of us that says, I know there's more than this, but I'm not seeing it. So there is a disconnect between what I see and what I long for. There's a disconnect between what I see and what I hear is possible. And whenever we get to that place, that is a God-designed place in order to get us to cry out for the more that he has. But what it is in the heart of God is an eternal longing that is looking for an expression within a generation. we're going somewhere we're going somewhere and so there there is this eternal longing in the heart of God and and part of what we're seeing now and and I I love the fact that this is a a multinational gathering Uh, it is an international gathering I love the fact that it's an international gathering because part of being an international gathering is it keeps you from being in a western culture bubble the problem with the Western culture bubble is that, and I was talking with Pastor Caleb about this earlier, and this is not my message, so I can't go completely here, but, but, but this is, we need to understand this. The problem with the Western culture bubble is we've actually begun, pastors can tell you this very well, we've begun to replace what we call a move of God. <laughs> Moses said, your presence among us is what distinguishes us or sets us apart from all other people on the earth. The distinguishing factor is the presence of God. What God is looking for in this season, the expression, the eternal longing that is looking for an expression in this season is actually a people who put his presence as a number one priority. Uh, this is this is this is important because because the system that we live in right now has now no one would ever say this out loud they would never say it out loud they they would never tell you that this is their purpose or their goal they would never say it out loud but through observation you can see it what we've now done is we've replaced we we we've actually now now pastors um, I, I want you to hear me we we've actually learned how to do church without god and so we become so good at it 
We become so good at it that we, we, we know the right program and we know the right lighting thing and we know that the, the right, right amount of time and you can't keep them longer than this and you can't preach longer than that and you can't do this and you, you can't do that. And, and the end result, this is what's happening. We have a package now that attracts a bunch of people but doesn't attract him. I'm sorry, I told you that my assignment tonight was to provoke. We, 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 have, we have a bunch of people now. We have church buildings that are full of people that are not converted. We have church buildings that are full of people who don't know God. We have church buildings that are full of people who lack power. And then we wonder why you can have 20,000 and 30,000 in one building, but the city doesn't even know that you exist because there's no power. Then... We have, we have a decision in front of us we have to make because you, you need to understand that, that if we're going to be a people of his presence, then you need to understand that one of the systems that is changing in the realm of the spirit is God cannot continue to abide with Saul. I, I, I need you to understand I don't have a bunch of time on this because this is not my main point right here. This is just my introduction. <laughs> God tore the kingdom from Saul because Saul was concerned about numbers. Oh, I need you to hear me. 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 When he saw that his men were leaving and he was about to enter into a battle with the Philistines, then he decided to do a religious act to make people believe that he had a relationship with God or to make people believe that he had a prayer life or to make people believe that he had a worship life when on all actuality, he had no relationship with God. He didn't want to wait on the prophetic voice of God. And when he saw the numbers changing, he decided decided, I better do something. I need you to hear me. God did it that moment was he tore the kingdom from him and he said, I have someone who is after my own heart. I have someone who actually spends time with me. I have someone who actually knows my heart and as a result, I've taken the kingdom from him and I've given... And I need you to understand that this is the kind of prophetic season that we are in right now. We have a whole bunch of people who have been leading without God, but I believe that God has a generation of Davids. I believe that God has a generation of people who value and prize his presence above anything else. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to yell at y'all. Let me be a little more composed. The, 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 the thing is, when, when we begin to sense some things, when we begin to, to feel some things, when we, when we, when we begin to, to, to have a, a divine or a holy frustration, that, that comes from God. 
That, that comes from God. Your, your, your inability to sleep comes from God. And somebody needed somebody needed that right there. Somebody needed that right there because 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 we want ambient and not prayer. No, no. I, 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 need, I, need, I need to help us here because, because God is, is stirring some things in, in the hearts of people. He's, he's shifting some things in the hearts of people. So then what do we do when we begin to sense this? What do we do when we begin to sense that there's more? What, what do we do when we begin to sense that God wants to do more? This, this now becomes the provocation because, because the Lord has, has had us even at our own church, even though we've been in the midst of an outpouring that has been continuous since the last time I saw you. It has been continuous and powerful, and it continues to grow, and the fire continues to burn, and it has not waned at all. It's produced more mature believers. Yeah. See, so, so in all of that, the Lord began to deal with us. And I didn't fully understand why, and I'm beginning to learn now that the Lord began to deal with us concerning prayer. Now, I'm like, okay, well, God, we prayed, and we pray. But then for, for one-third of the year, we preached on prayer. And then we came into this year talking about prayer again, specifically the prayer that we were talking about earlier this year. We began to, to, to utilize Luke 18 to cry out for justice. And we, we began to, to see that delay uh, is an enemy. Most of us don't look at delay as an enemy, but delay is actually an enemy because it's the only thing that the devil can do. He cannot stop. So the only thing he tries to do is delay. And until you and I see delay as an enemy, it will suppress our prayer life. So then, so then there's, this, there's this thing then that, that, that the Lord began to, to impress and press on my heart as I, I got here. It wasn't on my heart before I got here, but as I got here, he began to, to press this on my heart. And, and it, it's the, the first three words of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 1 that I read to you. And the reason why I'm not even taking it in its full context, because its full context is talking about the grace of God and, and, and his saving power. But, but the reason why I'm taking these first three words is because the Spirit of God is making it very clear uh, that not everyone thinks that they are the first three words as God's partners. Now, this is why we have to flip your thing because, because many people will never embrace the idea of being a bridge from one generation to another as long as they look at one generation as, as his assignment. Until you see yourself as God's partner, you will be content to live with the promises of God perpetually passing you. <laughs> I, I told you that there, there's some things that I, I might have to say here that might be a little heavy. Um, creation is actually looking for a group of people who are not content with the finished works being unfinished. Can, can we go a little bit deeper? 
Can we, can, can we go a little bit deeper now? Now, 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 I'm going to tell you, this, this is my one light levity because I've been kind of heavy for, for the first few minutes here. Um, if you know anything about me at all, um, I have developed a particular answer to a particular question for a particular reason. Okay. If you ask me, what are you doing Saturday? My answer is, I don't know why, even though I'm fully aware of what I'm doing. <laughs> My reason for this is because the one and only time I said nothing, someone asked me to help them move. <laughs> and I said, never again. I have a very selfish reason for hiring movers whenever I move. My selfish reason for hiring movers whenever I move is so that I don't owe anyone else a move. <laughs> you guys are like, man, that is so selfish. It, it is, but I'm, I'm listen. <laughs> I hate moving with a passion. I hate it so bad that, that at our young adults conference, no, it wasn't our young adults conference, it was Sunday morning, Pastor Caleb, was it, I think, was it, I don't know if it's Young Adults or Sunday Morning. One of these messages he was preaching because he's just incredible. And so he's preaching this message. And I'm jealous of him because, because he always has these amazing stories to tell. And I'm just like, all right, the Bible says that, you know, I have nothing like <laughs> a story. <laughs> but he told this horrific story, horrific to me, horrific story about, about, a, 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 a move that someone asked him to do when he was younger, and it was terrible. Like, I, I'm not even going to retell the story because I, I, I break out a hive just thinking about it. <laughs> and <laughs> it's bad. It's bad. I was like, I was getting mad for him, even though it happened years ago. I like wanted to go find the person, like, you know, that was wrong what you did to Caleb. <laughs> So we pretty well established, I hate moving. <laughs> but there is one level of moving that I need to learn and need us to learn to love and to become very good at. Moving things from there to here. <laughs> God has given us the ability to move things from the realm of the unseen into the seen. Now, this is an important way of saying it, and the reason why it's an important way of saying it, and I'm going to just spill these beans really early. When you pray God is not creating answers, he's releasing them. They, they already exist. It already exists. And so I told you that, that what I wanted to flip your, your word for just a moment is because you and I are the ultimate bridge. The, 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 the pathway by which things travel from the realm of the unseen into the realm of the seen. 
Now, now, can you can you endure uh, some some Bible and science together? I only heard amen from over there. Y'all, y'all all right? <laughs> I was talking to our church. I'm not going to spend a lot of time in this because I don't want your eyes to glaze over and roll in the back of your head. <laughs> Gravity is the force which tries to pull two objects together. Anything which has a mass also has a gravitational pull. The more massive an object is, the stronger its gravitational pull is. Earth's gravity, as we know, is what keeps us on the ground and what causes objects to fall. Now, I'm not going to try to explain all of that to you. We were in school. (laughs) Our prayer creates the force that attracts what's already in existence there to manifest here. Through the vehicle of prayer, much like gravity, we are pulling the realities of the invisible kingdom into the visible world. Now, we started and we said we as God's partners. We as God's partners. When you and I got saved... We didn't immediately rapture into glory. Like, touch somebody next to you. Touch them. You're still here. (laughs) We're we're, We're still here. Which then means that when Jesus, when answering his disciples, when they said, teach us how to pray. He says, pray like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as as it is in heaven or already is. Which means that what he's actually talking about is the state of being that's there. Pray that you pull it down into the realm of the earth. So the way that it is, is as in heaven, so also on earth. As in heaven, so also on earth. What is happening when you pray for the sick? As in heaven, so also on earth. When we see healing on the earth, what we are looking at is a manifestation of what already is. Ah, this is, I I, I don't want to open up a whole new can of things, but this is one of the reasons why demonstration is going to be so important in this next season, because you have a whole bunch of people that are teaching the scripture via mental ascent. But how is it that someone is to believe in the eternal realm if they never see it break out in the earth? 
Okay, okay. I got a few little claps right there. So, so, so let, let me, let me, let me help us. Did, did you remember, you remember it? And this is, I got to get to the fullness of this. Um, you remember in Luke, in Luke, um, there, there was, there was, <laughs> there was, Jesus was in a house. He's preaching and the house is full. There, there are Pharisees there. They were there to see how they could trap Jesus and, and, and all that kind of stuff because they couldn't stand him because he was exposing the fact that they weren't actually, Right. Yeah. And so and so um, he's there and, and he's teaching. And, and so um, there's a paralyzed man who has four friends and, and they, they see they can't get him into Jesus. And so they actually um, go up the side of the roof, cut a hole in the roof, lower him into the presence of Jesus. And, and this is just for free for you. It, the Bible says seeing their faith. It never spoke of the man's faith at all. That's free. Chew on it for a second. Okay. Uh, and, and, so, and so this is, this is, this is what happens. Um, Jesus, the Bible says that the power of the Lord was strong with Jesus to heal. So he says, your sins are forgiven. And then they question, they say, well, who is he that he thinks he can forgive sin? It's kind of amazing. Um, I know uh, David uh, Diga Hernandez can say this well and probably much better than me, but it's amazing the shift that has happened in 2,000 years because back then no one questioned Jesus' ability to heal. They questioned his ability to save. 2,000 years later, nobody questions his ability to save, but they question his ability to heal. It's amazing. So, so... Jesus says, um, why do you question in your hearts this, this thing? So, so that, that I say his sins are forgiven, which is easier to say. Your sins are forgiven and rise, take up your bed and walk. But listen to this, so that, so that you will know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to, to do what, from where I came, so that you will know that the Son of Man has the power on earth. Somebody say, so that. So that you will know that the Son of Man has the power on earth to forgive sins. He looks at the man and he says, rise, take up your bed and walk. In other words, his authority came from his demonstration. He began to demonstrate that from the realm of the invisible, something began to burst into the realm of the seen. And as a result, they could not question his ability to do what they could not see. I'm going somewhere about our ultimate bridge and what God is calling for us to do in this season, particularly those of you who stood up and said you are hungry for a move of God. I want you to know that it is available now, but what God is looking for are some partners in the earth who will say, until I see it in the realm of the natural, I'm not just going to talk about it. I'm not just going to get on a plane and fly to Orlando, but I'm going to see it in my church, in my house, and in my city. Hallelujah. This is what Jesus, Jesus, thinking about his disciples and then ultimately thinking about you and I. This is what he prays. He says, John chapter 17, John chapter 17, verse 13, NLT, it says this. He says, um, now I am coming to you. I told them, he's praying now to his father. I told them many things while I was with them in this world so that they would be filled with my joy. I have given them your word and the world hates them because they do not belong to the world. 
just as I do not belong to the world. Look at this. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. I want to read that line again. I'm not asking you to take them out of the world, but to keep them safe from the evil one. Don't take them out because if you take them out, the balance of creation will be thrown off. Oh, you and I are way more important and powerful than you recognize. He, he, he's literally saying, if, if, you, if you take them out, then all of creation has no hope. If you take them out, there is no counterbalance to the power and the weight of the kingdom. Okay, 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 okay. I, I know that's, 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 that's kind of heavy. Um, um, don't take them out, but keep them safe because soon their authority will be restored. In Romans chapter 8, I don't expect you to have this one. If you do, I'll be really, really impressed. Um, um, I'm going to read this in the Passion Translation. Anybody heard the Passion Translation? A couple of pastors, the rest of y'all are like... <laughs> I, I, I want to read, read this really quick from the Passion Translation. Uh, verse 19 of Romans chapter 8 from the Passion Translation reads this way. The entire, I was just trying to see if it was up there. All right. The entire universe, listen, ver, Romans chapter 8, verse 19, Passion Translation. You ready? The entire universe is standing on tiptoe yearning to see the unveiling of God's glorious sons and daughters. For against its will, the universe itself has had to endure empty futility resulting from the consequences of human sin. The entire universe is like, where are they? Stay with me. The entire universe is like, where are they? Where are the ones who, when they understand who they are, will set us free from the futility, which means existing for no reason? Did you know that every city that you go to has been waiting for you to arrive? I, I know that they may not act like it because Jesus gave us a clue. Because we're not of the world, uh, the world hates us. And so for many of us, we're looking at things and we're seeing opposition and things like that. And we think, well, maybe they don't want us here. But can I suggest to you that while people may act a certain way, creation is applauding. They, they are literally waiting for you and I to show up because when we show up we put an expiration date on futility <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm about to I'm about to really really mess with you um, really quick can, can I do that can I mess with you I think I've been messing with you enough but but creation is designed to respond to the voice of sons can I say that again? Creation is designed to respond to the voice of sons and daughters. Creation is designed. Why do you think Jesus could talk to a fig tree? 
What manner of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? Creation is designed to respond. Ah, you see, you see, this is, this is what happened. This is what happened. Man, um, thank you for the clock. I'm, I'm, I'm good on time, so I'm happy. <laughs> I'm walking through scripture now. Man, man is in the garden in perfect fellowship in union with God, walking in the grace of God without even knowing an unmerited, undeserved favor from God. God provided everything for man until one day uh, man uh, actually had an encounter with an a, a internal desire. Now, I know that you don't look at it as an internal desire because you say, what a serpent deceived Eve. And yes, that happened, but, but, but man was created in the image and the likeness of God. Remember? Genesis, we, we, we're together. Man, I'm, I, I'm not lost. I know where I'm going. You don't, but I do. <laughs> man created in the image and the likeness of God. Man created how? In the, and the of God. Say it again. Man was created in what? And the. So when the serpent comes and the serpent says to Eve, well, uh, why don't you take this fruit? Now, I'm, of course, paraphrasing because you all know the story. Uh, she says, well, well we, 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 can't, we can't eat it or, or touch it because the day that, that we touch it, you know, we'll, we'll die. And the serpent says, well, you won't die. But God knows that the day you eat of it, you will become just like him. But they were already made in the image and the. They were made in the image and the likeness of God. And so ultimately, when Eve reached for the fruit, if you remember, creation was subject to man. But there was one thing that creation did not give to man. They only gave to God. And that was worship. Are you with me? Creation was subject to man because man was given dominion and authority, but creation was designed to worship the creator. So when Eve reached for the tree and gave it to her husband to say we will be just like God, it was to say that we will receive the one thing that God gets that we don't which is worship itself. And so it was not just a sin of disobedience. It was a sin of defiance to attempt to push God off of the throne so that man could get on it. Are you with me? Are, are, are you with me? We're, we're, we're going somewhere here. You're, you're, you're like, what does this have to do with the bridge to the next generation? Everything. It's just a different way of getting there. It's just a different way of getting there. It has everything to do with it. Because what this man birthed through prayer cannot be sustained through a generation that won't. Oh, it got real quiet right there. Woo. Okay, let me go back to this right here. Y'all was like, don't invite him back ever. God... At this point, when man sinned, they gave up their authority. We know this. When man sinned, they gave up their authority and all of creation, according to Romans 8, was subjected to fertility. <laughs> now all of creation is like, why are we here? 
we had a purpose, but the one who was given us dominion, given dominion over us, just gave the keys to the enemy. How do we know the enemy had the keys in the first place? Because, because he's the one that offered the kingdoms back to Christ in a false way. If you would just fall down and worship me. Which, by the way, can I just throw this in there? This is free too. He doesn't know everything. I, I know that, 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 that we, we say that, but we act like the enemy is an equal to God. He, he's not an equal this is not a contest. There's, they're not warring. Jesus had a flashback memory one day and said, I saw Satan fall like lightning. That's how long the war lasted. He tried, he tried it with God, and like a flash of lightning, it was over. They're not equals. We act like he's an equal to God. Like he knows everything. You want to know how we know he doesn't know everything? He didn't even know who the son of God was. Y'all like, oh, prove that. That's why he went to him in Matthew 4 and said, if you are the son of God. Because you act like him. You sound like him. But it wasn't until he took authority over him. All right, all right, all right. Man sinned, they gave up their authority over the earth, subjecting the entire world and all of creation to slavery. In addition to giving up authority, man moved into a state of moving away from God, in the flesh instead of in the spirit. This is why Adam ran from God when God showed up. In a perpetual state of running, moving in sin, fully aware of sin, which sent us, mankind, into a perpetual hopelessness without the ability to stop. Now, this is important. Chris, can you come here really quick? I told him I might use him as an object lesson. Now, that's, yeah, I would have totally taken the steps and all that. <laughs> I love it. Okay. I'm going to stand here. You go around me. So now, man. Keep going around. You're going to be doing it for a while, so don't look down so don't get dizzy. So this is man in a perpetual state of motion away from God without the ability to stop. And so man, for year after year and generation after generation in a perpetual state of hopelessness, wandering around trying to find themselves but without the ability to stop at all just continuing and continuing and continuing in this hopeless pattern now this is keep going <laughs> I need you to see this here we are in this pattern just like this Hopeless, helpless, without the ability to stop. 
Now, remember I asked you, could we do Bible and science? Three of y'all said yes. There was a guy named Sir Isaac Newton. Not only did he figure out the equation to gravity, but he also figured out the three laws of inertia, or what is called motion. And one of the laws of inertia, or one of the laws of motion, is this. An object in motion will stay in motion until an external force acts upon it. An object in motion will stay in motion until an external force acts upon it. Can I say it again? An object in motion will stay in motion until an external force acts upon it. That's why I'm so glad the scripture said that while we were utterly hopeless, while we were yet sinners, at the right time, God sent Christ to stop or to intercede or to intercept a man and a woman who was in motion and utterly helpless. That's why it's very important that we don't say we found Christ. He found us. He saved us. He delivered us. He set us free. Something we could not do for our We are still going somewhere. Just over here for a second. You're going to come back and, and demonstrate. Action causes action. That's one of the laws. So in our state of perpetual hopelessness, without the ability to stop, God came for us and stopped us. We were the ones out of control in endless motion towards death when Christ intervened. This is called divine initiation. There's a reason why there had to be divine initiation because divine initiation had to show us the power of one kingdom over another. Are you here? Can I say it again? There's a reason why it's divine initiation. It was not initiated by us because that kingdom has more power than this kingdom. Okay. Because God originally gave man dominion, Jesus came as a man. Because man fell, Jesus came to restore us as a man. John says, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Yes? But it didn't just stop there. He restored our position. We gave up our position 
subjecting creation to fertility. And then when Jesus came, he gave us our position back. I, I, I'm, I'm so wanting to provoke you because for many of us, I think we walk around like, woe is me, Christians. Like life is happening to me. Stuff is happening to me. The devil is attacking me. All of this is happening. I'm coming against this resistance and that resistance. You have no idea who you are and whose you are and what you have in your life. Psalm 115, verse 16, says it this way. It says, the heavens belong to our God. They are his alone, but he has given us the earth and put us in charge. Passing translation, Psalm 115, verse 16, the heavens belong to our God. They are his alone, but he has given us the earth and he has put us in charge. Here's the thing. By initiating salvation, he is showing us the reality of the kingdom. The kingdom exists and it's powerful. The kingdom already exists. Jesus was casting out demons. And the religious leaders said he cast out demons by the power of the devil. And he's like, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. But I, I, I love this because, because he says... Um, they cast out demons too. He, he's, he's talking about the exorcists, the religious people. So they will condemn you for what you've said. But if I'm casting out demons by the Spirit of God, I'm in Matthew chapter 12. You don't have to put it on screens because I'm all over the place. Then the kingdom of God has arrived among you. <laughs> for who is powerful enough to enter the house of a strong man and plunder his goods? Only someone even stronger. Y'all, I wish I could show you how much power you have. I wish I could get you to see how much power you have. And we're still talking about the bridge. It's just they gave me more time, so I figured I'd take it. someone who could tie him up and plunder, plunder his house. Now, that's power. But let me talk about the hiddenness of the kingdom. Even if the kingdom is hidden from I, it takes over everywhere. <laughs> Matthew chapter 13, verse 33. Jesus also used this illustration. The kingdom of heaven is like yeast. A woman used in making bread, even though she put only a little yeast in the three measures of flour, it permeated every part of the dough. If the kingdom is hidden, it's still going to take over. Okay, you know what? This is a church planting movement. For every pastor of a small church, I need you to know right now that even if you feel like you are hidden, 
what God has put in you literally has the power to overtake and permeate everything that you touch. Be encouraged, man of God. Be encouraged, woman of God. I know it may seem like a hard work, but even if it looks like it's hidden, I need you to know that what God has put in you will permeate every single thing you touch. The kingdom is about to break out everywhere you are. Hallelujah. We aren't praying vain words. No, we're not praying vain words into the air, but instead pulling invisible realities into the realm of the scene. Divine initiation shows us that we're not praying something into existence, but rather praying for the release of what already is. When, when Jesus asks us to pray or teaches us to pray what is commonly known as a Lord's Prayer, and he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, this prayer is dealing with the already not yet tension. I'm asking you to pray for what already Exist while living in the tension of what you don't yet see. It is, it is dealing with this thing. Who lives in the tension? The one asking. This is why some of you think you're frustrated. You're not actually frustrated. You're living in the tension of the knowledge of what already is versus what's not yet seen. You 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 call it you call it frustration. You 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 think you think you're frustrated. I I, I need to talk to Pastor Omar because nothing seems to be working and, and and all this kind of stuff. And he sent us to this city and we came in faith and we got released at the conference and everybody cheered, but now nobody's coming and they gave five dollars in the offering and I don't understand what's happening and my kids are crying and my wife is frustrated and I'm frustrated, but you have been given the ability to shift some thing. You have been given the ability to deal with the tension between what already is and what is not yet. But you and I are about to pull some things into the realm of the sea. Let me show you. Let me show you something. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Can we go back to Newton's law? Hmm. This is what the Bible says. I, I, I love this. Where did Chris go? He's right there. Okay. In 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 20, it says this. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with the resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. Can I read that again? For all God's promises have been fulfilled 
in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for his glory. I want to say this again because it's important. We're talking about the ultimate bridge, right? All right, all right. Think of these words. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ, 2 Corinthians 1.20. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. How many? Have been what? How many? Have been what? You're good. I want to make sure everybody gets it. How many of God's promises have been what? For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. Which means... Now, this right here is for everybody in this room. But if you are a millennial, I need you to hear this. No, no, no. I'm being serious. This is for everybody because I'm not going to assume that just millennials need to hear this. But, but, but I, need, I need us to, to grab a hold of something because, because we, we are a people that, that we're distracted. Because we have so many options, so we're distracted. I, I, I heard a quote the other day. And it, it really messed with me. They said, this generation has too many options because one of the reasons why we don't see greatness is because we don't see focus. A lack of focus has produced a lack of greatness. <clears throat> so I need us, all of us, to talk about this option because I need us to get this. The reason why I'm doing this, <clears throat> I'm sowing this into you prophetically. I'm doing this, um, it would be easier for me to preach to you about how Abraham said to God that how can the promise come to pass when Eleazar is my servant and I don't have a seed? That would have been a really great message for this Bridges. I thought so. I read it and I was like, Pastor Omar would be so pleased if I taught how, how a servant can't fulfill God's promise it takes sons. That, that would have been a really powerful, illustrative message. And I might have got invited back for that. <laughs> but the reason why I have to do this is because we are at a critical crossroads. Where if... We are going to see the fullness of what God has promised for this fellowship. It's going to take what I'm about to say. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. Remember? For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ, which means this. Do it again.
Man's position has been restored. So this isn't man anymore. Man is still where? On the earth. Man's in position on the earth. Those who belong to Christ are in position on the earth. And all God's promises have been fulfilled. So in the last illustration, he represented man. Because remember Newton's law. Objects in motion will stay in motion until an external force acts upon it. Objects in motion will stay in motion until an external force acts upon it. In this illustration, he doesn't represent man. Do you know what he represents in this illustration? Promises. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. For all God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ. If he made a promise, it already exists. I need you to get it. I need you to see it. God is not creating when you pray. He is releasing. What is it that he promised you? Was it the city? What was it? Was it, was it, was it healing? Was it the miraculous? Was it revival? And it's around you. And it stays in motion around you the entire time. And as long as you stay without prayer, it stays in motion around you. And you and I have become content with being close to it. With being able to see it happening somewhere else, you and I have been content with hearing about it happening somewhere else. And every once in a while, when it gets close enough, then you get excited, but you haven't apprehended it yet. It is still in motion around you because objects or promises that are in motion will stay in motion until... I need you to get this until an external force. Until an external force called prayer begins to lay hold of that thing. And when it does, every promise that God has ever made is already fulfilled. Man of God, woman of God, you're praying, but you're not praying for something that doesn't already exist. If you are praying for healing, it already exists. If you are praying for revival, it already exists. If you are praying for deliverance, it already exists. If you are praying for... announce 
the bridge. <laughs> you are the bridge. I understand the theme is bridging generations. I get it. But the Lord sent me here on this Thursday night to tell you that you are the bridge that is pulling the realities of heaven into the realm of the earth. I started out and I said, we as God's partners, we as God's partners, we as God's partners. The reason why he puts you in the city that you're in is because he was looking for you to partner with him to start pulling some things into the realm of the natural. He was looking for you. Some of you looking for sons. Start pulling them in. Some of you looking for daughters. Start about the shift for you if you're willing. So you said, I'm hungry for God. You said, I'm hungry for God. And I asked the question, who was the hungriest person in the room? The reason why I asked that question is because the hungriest person in the room, while I was being a little facetious about the fact that they'd be the last one up or making noise, that's not it. The hungriest person in the room is the one who has learned not to be content with promises around them and not there. No, no, no. I refuse to live the kind of life that knows that there is a move of God happening and it's not happening where I am. I'm not content with seeing it happen around me but not happen in me. I'm not content to see it happen some things that God has promised some of you and until you begin to say I refuse to continue to live this way until I see the fullness of what God has this is a moment right here where you can start to lift up your voice and begin to cry out and as you do you're going to start pulling some things from the realm of the invisible into the visible we are shifting some things we are moving some things because we are a bridge that is going to see a move of God in our generation. This is where you start crying out right here. This is where you start crying out right here. This is where you begin to open up your mouth and begin to pull on the realities of heaven until they're made known in the earth. This is where you begin to cry out for your city. This is where you begin to cry out for your children. This is where you begin to cry out for your state. This is where you begin to cry out for your nation. God wants to do something that shifts this thing all around. We are the bridge. that comes upon you. Let there be a fire that comes upon you. Woo! 
Let him put a fire in your belly. Let him put a fire in your belly. Let him put a fire in your belly. I'm not content to live with the promises away from me. I got to draw them in. I'm going to draw them in. declare that the prayer of this movement is about to go to another level. I declare that the prayer of this movement is about to go to another level. God's about to birth the spirit of intercession in you and you're going to start to see some realities that have been hanging on. No more delay. No more delay. In the name of Jesus, I declare God's putting the spirit of prayer on some of you now and you are going to begin to walk with the fire and the power of God. You're going to see a answers to your prayers. We declare it in Jesus' name. here, but if you are a millennial, open up your mouth and cry loud. If you are a millennial, open up your mouth and cry loud. Let the Spirit of God put the spirit of intercession in you. Let him put the spirit of intercession in you. You have power in your mouth. You have power in your mouth. This is the generation that's going to see the power of God, but you're not going to see it through observation. You're going to see it through the power of prayer. If you are a millennial, open up your mouth and cry out loud to God. Let him put the spirit of intercession in you. Come on, cry out to God. You got a couple more minutes. Cry out to God. You got a couple more minutes. Pull on heaven. You got a couple more minutes. Pull on heaven. Pull on heaven. Pull on heaven. Pull on heaven. No more promises that have already been fulfilled passing me by, but I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it. Another 60 seconds. Let it rise in here. Let it rise in here. There is another level that God is calling this movement to. As he begins to show you something, begin to declare it and cry out for it. seconds. Open up your mouth as loud as you can. Let heaven know there's a group of people who are going to pull it down. There's a group of people who are going to pull it down.
Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.